Well, hello, everybody. It's that time. The time is now for Outside of the Box. Uh, and we have a great show for you today. Uh, we have some new faces, uh, some new uh, conversations that we are going to be having today. And I cannot wait for us to get started. So. First off, let's bring in uh, this wonderful woman of God, Miss Charlzetta. Hey, Charlzetta, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic uh, uh, conversation, so I can't uh, wait to jump in. So we're not even going to belabor. I will tell you. We're going to have a couple other people who will be popping in and out to kind of fill out and round out the conversation. But uh, let's uh, go ahead and get started. Hello, everybody else, uh, everyone. Let me just put that in there. Um, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Tonight's conversation, we're going to be talking about uh, surviving divorce. Um, we talked about um, relationships before in the past, Charlzetta, and we've had the opportunity to kind of consider um, different parts of relationships, what makes them successful, what makes them fail. Uh, we've had the opportunity to talk about why um, uh, people cheat, why there's infidelity, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, our show was about uh, surviving infidelity and, and if it was possible to move forward. So I guess the first question to kind of um, get us jumped off, if you will, is um, how did you come? Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Josetta. Let's see. Uh, how did you come to the decision that divorce was something uh, that you wanted to do? I, not wanted to do like it was what you wanted, but how did you come to the decision that divorce was what was necessary for you? Oh, um, so initially I counseled with my, my, my spiritual mom and my pastor and um, when I, we initially separated, I guess, so it took about a year and a half to actually make the decision to okay. actually file for divorce. And um, after, you know, of course, that year and a half of counseling with my pastor and my spiritual mom um, and, and, and us praying and fasting together about it, 
Um, for me, I wanted to be able to move forward. And one of the things that I said was, and I, and for me, it was God. It was, it was uh, me talking to God about it. And, and I wanted to make the decision to be able to start over. I didn't close my heart to if me and my ex-husband would reconcile, and I, but I knew I needed to move forward. So actually I did it with the intention of being able to freely be able to move forward, whether that meant reconciliation one day or just moving forward to be free for whomever was, you know, that may come into my life. So for me, it was it was time after about a year and a half for me to make the decision to move forward. And in moving forward, I wanted to be have the freedom to just be not have anything hinder me from moving forward. So, uh, so was it then your experience that staying in the relationship was somehow uh, it, forgive the crass word, but bondaged? Because you said you wanted to be free. So in, in my mind, the opposite of freedom then is bondage. So did you feel like being in that relationship was bondage for you? Yes, in, in, in a spiritual sense, as well as in a physical sense, because as long as we were separated and he was, you know, I had chose, I chose not to date or not to do anything until I made a decision. I, it wasn't just because I know some people think that just because you're separated, you know, well, you decided not to be together, so move forward. Well, for me, that wasn't my truth. Like for me, it was once I made the decision of where what was going to happen, whether we were going to reconcile or divorce, that would be where I would make my next, take the next step. So yes, it was, it did feel like bondage in the sense of I, I was stuck. I was I, I couldn't move forward. I definitely wasn't going backwards, but I couldn't move on with my life emotionally because I was stuck in. Well, what what if or maybe or is it possible? So that and and I I wanted off of the emotional roller coaster because as long as we stayed legally married, it kept me bound to him, and and I didn't. I no longer wanted that. I wanted to be free to make my own choices, even if it included one day being back with him. Reconcile. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right before, so I, I took a kind of in uh, in the front. Let's go back a little bit more. So you said that uh, the decision came after the counseling, this, that, and the other. Uh, I want to kind of go back to that portion. When did you decide, or when did y'all decide that your relationship was in? need of fixing or the resolution of it would be divorce? Um, I think it wasn't mutual. Initially, it wasn't mutual. I made the decision because uh, we kept growing further and further apart. There were no actions taking place to for us to uh, address issues or address concerns, um, even talking. It wasn't that we were rude or disrespectful to each other, but we weren't addressing those issues and talking. So the 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 wedge just continued to get we just became continued to get further and further apart. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna pause with you, Q. Um, what? Uh, how did you? come to the decision that divorce was something that needed to happen for y'all? I didn't initially come to the decision. That was something that 
she decided at the time. Um, so uh, initially, I was totally opposed to it. I was kind of shocked and surprised that, you know, it was just whiplash. I didn't know what was going on. One day, um, I thought things were, were well, and then out of the blue, it was, I want a divorce. Um, so, and, and for me, that that's a little strange for me, because usually, I... <laughs> <laughs> I pride myself in being a pretty um, aware. <laughs> yeah, I, I pay attention to what's going on. So usually things don't totally surprise me to where I'm not. Um, I didn't see it coming, but that was definitely something that I didn't see coming. Um, so it was a shock. And by it went from uh, that statement was made, which at that time um, we were not. I don't do the threatening the threatening games we we never threatened to divorce so those are words that i just don't use we didn't use so it's when those words were said it carries a lot of weight i know a lot of times people when they get in arguments then they use it as an automatic default in a fight yeah we never use that type of language so for me to hear that then i knew that it was something serious um and it literally went from that declaration to by that weekend, there were <laughs> papers printed out and, you know, all of it. It didn't happen that quick, but that's how determined she was to get things done and finalized. Um, so I was I was an emotional wreck. I didn't know what was going on. I was trying to save my family. I was trying to save our relationship. Um, and it was it was a very, very tough time. Wow. So uh, unlike so then, unlike. Charzetta's experience, which was more kind of um, a gradual process, you're saying yours was like, whoa, <laughs> what happened? Right. And, and, and I don't think we ever had, um, I never felt like we had a bad relationship. Um, we definitely had some problems earlier on. We were both young. I was... 26 when I got married and she was 20. Um, we both had bouts of infidelity. We both just, there was issues that we had. And then it's one of those things to where you think you got past all of that stuff and you're like, okay, we, we, everything is fine. And we, we're past all of that. Um, so now we can actually, you know, move forward into our adult roles after we got rid of the, the, you know, kind of the, the childish behavior. Um, so you're talking about years removed of that type of those type of issues. So to see it now, it's, oh, you know, so my point is, if that would have came out, you know, if she said she wanted a divorce maybe two or three years ago, I would be like, yeah, I kind of seen that coming in. But when it happened after we supposedly, you know, were clear of all of those issues, it, it was absolutely a shock. So, Chosetta, what, what do you think the hardest part about making the decision to in fact divorce was what when you when you were weighing staying divorcing what was the hardest part about what making the decision to actually divorce because i was still very much in love with him and i wanted our marriage to work so i wasn't divorcing him because i no longer had feelings it was just the right thing to do for me. Uh-huh. So then um, how did, and Q, you start thinking about this because I'm going to ask you this 
question next. So how did um, how did divorce affect your self-esteem? Uh, it's, it's a lot. How did it, uh, what impact did a divorce have on your, on your life, on your children, on your self-esteem? Like, what was the impact of the divorce? Ooh, um, of course, devastating because um, I am a, I'm an advocate for marriage. I, I think marriage is amazing. And I think that the way that God designed it is just wonderful when we do it his way. Um, so for me, I was still in the, I don't want to call it a fantasy, but just still in the high expectations of, of it, it, it could be amazing and awesome. Uh, so it was like a hard fall. And for me, it was, it hit, um, when, when I finally did make the decision, it, the, the buildup to leave, um, I would say that it wasn't in the buildup to leave, but it was, um, the way things happened because for me, uh, all of it transpired kind of in like within a week. So I was a stay at home mom. I was, I wasn't working and I had a baby. Um, so, um, it hit like, I felt like a failure. I felt like um, there's no way to bounce back from this. Even though I knew, like I, I was like, I'm a Christian and I'm strong, but like, how do you bounce back from this when uh, you, you believed and, and, and tried to hold on to your faith? Um, and that's the determining factor for you. Uh, so it was devastating to my faith. It was devastating to my emotions. It was devastating to my self-esteem. Um, it was just, it, I felt like somebody had sucker punched me. Mm. Like, it, not that I was in a fight and, and I'm, waiting, I'm waiting on someone to hit me, but like, I'm just walking down the street, like singing. Here, but yes, and, and not only do they, they don't punch me in the face and knock me out. They hit me dead center in the stomach that knocks the wind out of me. And then you're kind of, you, when you raise up and you're like, what just happened? That I, so I was left there. Like, what just happened? So for you, Q, what was the hardest part uh, outside? Of, uh, I mean, uh, not the hardest part, but what was the impact that it had on all of the different areas of your life, your 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 uh, your life in general, your kids, your uh, self-esteem? Like, what was the real impact that divorce brought? I uh, like uh, Charles Edda said. I felt like a failure. Um, my grandparents were married for over 40 years until my grandfather passed. Um, my grandparents on my other side was married for over 60 years until my, my, until my grandfather passed. Um, you know, my, my grandmother and grandfather, they had eight kids, all of their kids um, up until that time. Divorce is just not something that we did. Uh, my parents have been married for over 40 years. And at this time, for me to get a divorce, I felt like I was the failure. Absolutely. One of the hardest, one of the hardest things for me to do was to tell my mother things are not going well. Um, we're about to get a divorce. Um, I just absolute failure. I felt like a failure to my kids. Um, the one of there are certain things that I never forget having, 
I couldn't bring myself to do it. But when my ex-wife told my son, who was seven at the time, that we're getting divorced, to see him break down in tears, that's something that I don't I don't just see it. I feel it every time I think about that. Um, so it's certain things that you'll never forget. Um, as far as my self-esteem, that, <laughs> that's a little bit different. Um, now, there was just a lot of terrible things that were said. I was talked about, demeaned. Hey, you know, you know, I don't want to be in this relationship no more. I've, we've been at it for 10 years. I see that you're never going to be more than what you are. Um, it was just a lot of demeaning things that were said either because she felt that was the truth or she wanted to back me off and she wanted me to stop trying. But, um, she literally tore me down with words, um, in that process. Um, my self-esteem personally, that's a little bit different because I've never, um, well, I'm not going to say never in my adult life. I, I don't lack a lot of confidence as far as my ability to bounce back and rebound, but, um, at that time, I definitely just for my family, I felt like a complete failure. And it, it was very it, it's one of the worst experiences. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Now, be, before I before I bounce back to Charzetta and ask her because she said something and I wrote it down and I want to get her opinion. But before I do that, um, I, I want to ask you, uh, um, I guess, ask her rather. Um, were there. Were there, was there that kind of emotional bloodshed between you and your ex-husband? No, because he, uh, I had questions and uh, he just, that he couldn't answer. Initially, initially, it took about probably seven years for him to finally be able to have the conversation. So uh, it, it was, I was just kind of stuck, really, honestly, I, because he couldn't give me answers. He couldn't mean what was going on, why. He just kind of shut down. And so um, I just was kind of lost with, so I have to move forward with making decisions without any, any information other than the fact that it's our, our marriage is falling apart, you know? So you said something. And I certainly want to hear Q's perspective on this as well. But you said something, so I want to follow up with you first. You said, I still, something to the effect, I still believe in marriage. I still believe in, in the beauty of it. Uh, if we had did it his way. What, what did you mean by that? I, I know you meant God's way. So to you, what is marriage God's way? Oh, um. Honestly, I would say marriage God's way, it's, it's, it begins and ends with your individual growth um, when I think God's way. Um, and if, if a person, this is just what I believe, um, if you're growing individually in your faith and as a person, you can't help but to enhance anybody that you get with, no matter um, where you are. And so when I say God's way, I mean, with the understanding that I'm going to make choices, um, I'm going to consider you I, when I'm angry or when I'm disappointed or when I'm hurting, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. So being willing to bite the flesh, being willing to um, do what is required and what's being asked of us spiritually 
uh, necessary in order for me to be everything that God has called me to be. And so I think if I do that individually and he's doing that individually in our marriage, it can't help but flow, especially when we have those times of frustration or or transitions or changes because we have something bigger than us helping us to be better. So that's what I mean by when I say God's way. Q, what do you, what do, what do you think of the concept of marriage would be successful uh, or could be successful, would be, I guess would be the more appropriate word, if it were done God's way? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. Okay, so a couple things. Number one, that leaves a lot of room for interpretation. Um, and everybody's definition of God ain't the same definition. Um, so a lot of people who use that. Of God. If you took your definition of God and marriage way according to your definition of God, what would that look like to you? Well, the first thing I, I, the first thing I would do is get government out of my relationship. So that signed, agreed piece of paper, I'd do away with that. I would have a ceremony. I would, your, your, your word and your commitment to me is all you should need in front of you, your elders, and your tribe should be all that you need to um, solidify that relationship. Um, and maybe that's just my bitterness because after you get the government involved, the government show, they show tear a chunk out of you at the end of it too. So that, that, that could just be um, how I feel about this. I don't feel like... All the, the divorce part of it, there ain't no God in that. That's just a whole bunch of the government ripping you to pieces. Um, um, but uh, God's way, I, like I said, I think it's real subjective. I think people, um, with the help of God, I don't like to put God too much in it. I, I believe in people taking accountability for themselves. Um, now, it's you do, you want to rely on the help of God. You want to pray. You want to do anything that you can to make sure that you strengthen yourself spiritually. But that does not supersede or negate your responsibility as an individual to take care of, handle your business. When you mess up, don't blame it on God or the devil. Blame it on yourself and say you're going to do better. So uh, it's just a way that, you know, I look at it versus because sometimes people will often use God as an excuse. They use God as a crutch. They use God to browbeat the other person. It's, I'm just very picky when people throw God in to excuse their own behavior. That that That's just me. And I ain't saying that's you at all, Charzetta. That's just the way the question he asked me kind of, that, that's how I reflect it off of. I agree. I agree. I appreciate that. So when you talk about, when you talk about kind of this whole concept of surviving divorce, um, and you examine those areas where uh, the impact of divorce has, you know, spilled over to you. I guess my question would be, how did you start the process of healing? And I'll start with you, Charzetta. How, how, how did you start the process of healing? Uh, honestly, I would say taking time uh, to be by myself and to ask myself some really tough, tough questions and also give myself some really honest answers, e you know, even if they they weren't necessarily true. Um, and, and when I say honest, I mean, like some reality checks, I guess I should say, maybe um, like 
I was like, okay, Charles Eddie, your marriage is over. Like, okay, Charles Eddie, you need to move forward. What are the steps you need to take to move forward? Um, uh, so I guess I would just say um, it came from my healing started when I started to re look at the reality of what my situation was and, okay. and knowing that I needed to, I couldn't wait around to figure, find out, like I couldn't, don't go to work until you re figure out if you're going to stay married or not. Like my life could, didn't, could not be put on hold. I had a little girl that was looking at me or me to keep living regardless of what was happening. And so I, I feel like for me, I had to continue to fight and continue to overcome the situation because I had a little strong-willed girl that was looking at her mom to be superwoman. Sure, sure. So I'm gonna ask you this as a follow-up. At any point, were you bitter about the experience of having to be divorced, going through the divorce, being divorced? But at any point, about to be divorced, divorcing, now divorced, was there any bitterness that you sent in that at all? I, I don't think I was ever bitter. I think I was sad and heartbroken, and I, but I don't think I ever became, I was angry, but I sure. never hated, and, and I guess when I think of bitter, I think of like maybe my impression or my thoughts towards marriage changed. Um, or that it could work or be successful, um, that never changed. Um, so I, I, I want to say became bitter. I think I just, um, I, I just, I was, I was hurt and I was disappointed. Um, and I did go through. Of course, I went through the the the, the grief and loss, uh, grief and loss, all of the steps of grief and loss because it, you know, sure. it was like a death. It, it literally really, really, really was like, it, like I had to bury my ideas and dreams and hopes. I didn't bury them for marriage, but I had to bury them with my husband. Cause it was, of course we had the, we but talked about things that, yeah, the yeah. dreams and things that we talked about that we were, and the things we were going to do together, we were no longer be able, going to be able to do them together. So I had to like, oh my gosh, like this isn't going to happen with him. So, uh, I, I just don't think that I ever became bitter. I think that um, I actually, honestly, I can share something with you. I um, I know a lady that's really, really bitter. And what happened was uh, she went through some things with her husband and then like he changed, like for real, for real. And then like over the years he changed, but she stayed angry. And so now he's a changed person and he's, I mean, nothing like the way he was. And and she doesn't get to enjoy the fruit of this new man that she now has. Yeah, and so uh, she would pop up in my mind a lot. And so when she popped up in my mind, I would pray for her, and then I would ask God to guard my heart. I would pray for her, and I would ask God to guard my heart because the one thing I did I knew I didn't want to become was her, because it, it's just sad to watch. And so. I guess in that sense, it's like how you can have somebody that can be a good example for you. And she was a really bad example for me, but I, I knew what I didn't want to do. So Q, I, I'll bounce the question over to you. Were, at any point, did you uh, deal with bitterness as a result of either prior, during, or after? 
from the relationship, no. Um, that's life. Uh, I'm not the first person and I'm not the last person who have to deal with that. Um, so I'm, I'm a strong person. Whatever comes my way, I deal with it and I keep moving. What I will say, and I'm honest enough to admit, I'm very bitter right now when it comes to my children. Um, I went from... Not towards your children, but because of how... Because of the situation with my children, I'm, I'm to this day, I'm very bitter. I, I can admit that wholeheartedly. I went from my ex-wife, she left. <laughs> you know, she left. She left me with the kids. I took care of my kids full time. I went, I went from having my kids seven days a week to, well, I'll come see them on the weekends. Okay, that's fine, too. Um, I want to set up an agreement to where we see them half and half. Okay, that's fine. To her manipulating the courts and getting them taken away from me, and I only see them two weekends out of the month. And every time I see them, they're bigger than they were before. And that's something I'm absolutely bitter about. Uh, and that's something that guy going to have to work on me with. But that's something I – those are certain things that I have an issue with, and it's hard for me – I have a real tough time with forgiveness when that's something that it's a repetitive reminder of uh, what happened and how I don't get to see my children. So that's a very sensitive spot for me. I think I may be getting better at it. Some days I do. And then other days I fall back because it's just something that's, it's just something that's repetitive. So um, oh, oh, okay. yeah, that's where I am with that. And we, we want to welcome Miss Cynthia to the conversation. Hey, Cynthia. You're muted. I don't know if you know that, but you're muted. Your mic is muted. There you go. Hey, okay. what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's up? All right, but be before I jump to you, I'm gonna ask you some questions here in a minute. I wanna know from, um, from any of you, do you, have you at any point grieved that prior relationship? That prior marriage, you have Trosetta. Tell me what you mean. Tell, tell me what that what that means for you, like having grieved it. Um, I I went through the like the loss, right? I told you the grief and the loss steps. I really did, but I think uh, for me the grief that that to know that I actually grieved it and I released it was because I wished him well. Like I pray for Not him. Wished him back. That you uh -huh. wished him. I pray for his marriage now. I, I want him to be successful. I want them to be successful. I want them to, to uh, have an amazing marriage. Um, and part of that came in the middle of what I was going through. I told you, like, I, I really talked a lot with my spiritual mom. And I called her one morning, uh, probably about 4.30 in the morning. I'm just crying, crying, crying about what I don't understand. And I can't believe and what I don't understand and what I can't believe. And she said, this is, you know, after I realized what was happening and what was going on. And, and so she said, um, this is probably maybe eight months later. And she said, uh, um, begin to pray for him everything that you want. Everything that you want for yourself, pray for him, pray for her. And that's what I did. And I started praying for them. Of course, it was, some of it would be like, mm, God, uh, well, today, Jesus, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, Father. I think I might want them to not have to move to Pluto and because uh, I didn't want them to die. I just didn't want them to be in Pluto, you know, just not on Earth, breathing the same oxygen, you know, none of that. So, <laughs> but I, I think uh, for me, it was releasing 
and being able to wish well and to pray for uh, blessings and good stuff to happen to them because I also wanted to sow that seed in my own life. And and there were kids that, you know, that, that were not necessarily involved in the situation, but that we, that were around us, like my nieces and nephews and nieces and nephews on his side that went from being around our house and being with us all the time. So this definitely impacted them as well. So okay. uh, I, I, uh, I don't think you can properly move on unless you've had some for, you know, you've had that grief. It's, it's a loss and you have to feel that loss, take it in so that you can move on from it. I don't think that you are ready to move on if you haven't grieved over the loss of that relationship. So I agree with you totally. Well, you know what? What's interesting is that I was actually that was kind of my point when I brought that up, because I was going to be concerned about how there was really this capacity to move forward without having experienced that grief. Uh, uh, without actually having that grief, you know what I'm saying? Because you have to, I, I think, grieve to actually move on. So I'm going to start with Cynthia. Uh, uh, now, welcome to the show, girl. It's a better day than ever. She, just so y'all know, she did tell me that she would love to do this, but she had some prior obligations. And I said, okay, go handle your prior obligations, but you show up when you show up, and I'm going to let you in. And that's what she is. So she's not late because she taught it to the party. She, she brought the party with her. Okay. So, Cynthia, let's go ahead on and uh, let me ask. Um, what impact initially did divorce have on uh, in your life, in your self-esteem, uh, uh, in the lives of your children? How how was all of that impacted by the divorce? Um, greatly. It was greatly impacted. It was, um, you know, like Q and Toledo said, a loss. Um, we were together, what, 11, 12 years. And then even after divorce, we tried to get back together and make it work. So it was a loss, not just for me, but for our kids and, and our friends, our family, you know, for us to have been together that long. And then we end up in a divorce. Um, my self-esteem was probably pretty low um, afterwards, after, but not now. No, it helps you. It helps you. It helps you to see who you really are, and know, helps you to know your worth after such a, a devastating event that happens in your life. So you have to know your worth um, once you come up out of it and gather yourself. You know. So let me ask you. I, I think Q and Charles. I, I want y'all to respond to that because I think that that's an important, uh, an important component. Did you? have to kind of reassert for yourself your own sense of value. Okay, I know you said, Q, you said I felt like a failure. And Chazetta, I know you talked about, you know, the kind of devastation that you felt. But but overall, didn't you have to kind of go boom and, and, and kind of reassert that, okay, this happened, but I still have value. I mean, did, did, did you ever kind of experience that kind of thing? Oh, no. Questioning my value is something that I don't have a lot of problem with. Um, so even I can be, a, even 
even if I'm a failure, I'm still a champion and I'm still a winner. I just I failed in that arena. My marriage failed, but my, my marriage failed versus me being a failure is two different things. And what actually allows me to finish, I guess what allows me to move on is I take things from a rational approach. And what I do is I make sure that I do everything in my power to fix, to rectify, to correct everything that I could in the midst of being imperfect. So even my my, my whole my point, whole with, point what with what I said, even the issues, even the issues that, I had that I had previously in my previously relationship, I hear echo. Even previously, I fixed those issues. So once you get to the point that you've done everything that you can, even post after she said she wanted a divorce, you know, I'm sending flowers every day. I'm, I'm showing love. I'm doing everything that I can to reconcile this relationship. And then once I know I've done all that I can do on my part, then I wipe my hands and I keep on moving. And the moment I keep moving, then when I'm done, then I'm done. And and I was finished and that, that was it. I knew I did everything I can. And I'm OK with whatever happens after I know I do my part. Before I let Pastor E jump in. Josetta, I want to ask you this. This is this is. Uh, I, I wrote this down while y'all were talking because I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. At any time, did you look and ask yourself, was I a contributing factor to this oh, yeah. divorce? Oh yeah, and I even asked uh, him. I was like, okay, so what happened? Like, how did we get here? How did we go from best friends to? not together to divorce. Like, how did we get here? Um, I asked myself, I of course replayed the relationship in my head and our interaction, um, what could be done differently. Uh, and I guess the interesting part was um, a couple of, I guess maybe a year before uh, this all happened, we had a conversation and we, I guess like kind of a meeting of the minds, like we, we were kind of talking about start, like the new year was coming and we, we weren't making any new year's resolutions, but we had just, we had talked about like, what are the things that we wanted or we needed from each other? So when it happened, like maybe some months later, that, that went, I immediately had that conversation and I was like, we just talked. Yeah. I actually still have the paper. Like I wrote this down. You wrote this down. What happened? So uh, I, 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 I was lost. I, I, I had no clue because we did have a good friendship. And then um, I just took it upon myself to. So this is the position that I took. I didn't do anything to end the relationship, but what could I have worked on to be a better me in the relationship? Versus, oh, you know, you could have did this, this, and this, and it wouldn't have ended. Y'all. I didn't do that. I was like, okay, could I have been more patient? Could I have been more understanding? Could I have been more loving? Could I have made sure this happened or that happened? I did evaluate myself in that way. But deal breakers, I wasn't doing deal breakers, so I knew that it wasn't a deal breaker. But did you find yep. any of those things where you said, okay, I can see how I contributed here? Mm-hmm. Or no? Did you? Um, to to us actually divorcing, no. Like like I I didn't I didn't I didn't um because you next I, so get ready. 
I, uh, You're always a contributor to the success or failure of a relationship. Whether you contribute two percent, fifty percent, or ninety percent, there's some contribution. Even, but but it's up for you and your future relationships to make sure you identify how you contributed. Some people are just enablers. You could have enabled your partner to to uh, go along with a certain behavior for a long time, and not knowing. You still played a part in the failure of that 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 relationship down the road because you didn't check, you didn't establish value, that you didn't establish uh, boundaries. There's you. There's always a, a contribution and uh, something that a role that you play in the failure or success of a relationship. That's everybody. Always look to find what it is. All right, so you and then I'm here past eight. So you go ahead on and tell me what what did you think? Um, did you ever evaluate? If you were a contributing factor to the divorce, absolutely. Um, prior to, even though infidelity didn't directly cause the divorce, it's a contributing factor that causes strain to the relationship later on down the road. Enabling people, not setting boundaries, allowing um, her to do kind of whatever she wants because that was my personality. Me not knowing that that uh made her feel like she was less valuable because she didn't understand how my security worked so she thought that i didn't care just because i was like hey you know do you do whatever you want to do um me not being um sensitive in the way i communicate with another person um i'm dealing with a woman who has emotions and the same rational logical mind i use is not the same way i should always communicate with another person if they don't if they don't communicate in that same type of way, I have to meet them on their levels because it's not about who's right or wrong or what makes sense or what don't. It's about you two being on the same page and making sure that you're wanting on the same team. If you're not doing that, then you're missing you're missing the point. So, I mean, I can go down the list. There's tons of things that I could have done um, differently at that time to say, hey, going forward, these are things you need to pay be you need to pay attention to because it's not it's not always one thing. It's the it's the compilation of several small things that turn into big things and just slowly creates that wedge in communication and trust and uh, understanding and just being on the same page. So, all right, Cynthia, Cynthia, what about you? Did you experience a, an opportunity to kind of say, how did I contribute to this? Oh, yeah, that was many questions. And of course you wonder, you know, what did I do? What what could I have done different? How many more chandeliers could I swing from? You know, so you, <laughs> you do you ask yourself all these different questions. What did I do wrong? You know, what could I have done differently to um to kind of save stuff? But then you have to think about, you know, how mature was I at that time? Was I mature enough to really be um in that marriage and doing what I was supposed to be doing as a woman of God. So you you have to always, you, I think everyone should always question themselves and so that you can get better for yourself. So you can try to strive to do something differently in your next relationship. So Pastor E, how did divorce change you? How did, say it one more time. How did divorce change you? The ironic thing about it, my divorce did not impact my life 
until further down the road. Okay. So just so I can make so everybody knows, <laughs> Cynthia everybody is my ex-wife. Everybody right? might have. <laughs> I didn't know that. That is my ex-wife. And so the reality <laughs> is, so she, you asked her a question, right, Pastor Bright? You asked her about, has she ever thought about what she did wrong or if she contributed? Actually, she was a perfect wife. I was just too young to know it. Because what I saw in a wife wasn't reliable. What I thought a wife was wasn't really what a wife is. Of course, now I'll find that out afterwards, right? But she literally married a boy. She married a boy that didn't know how to be a husband, right? But the awesome thing is, and this is, I guess I'll put it on a lighter spin, a, a good note about life after divorce. I would say she is absolutely my best friend now. Like, I would say there's nothing that we can't talk about. Every time we talk, every day we laugh about something. You know what I mean? Because I think other people will hate each other. Right? And the reality is, when I see a picture of her, hush, when I see a picture of her and her husband, I always love it. You know why? Because I was never her king. She married her king. I was never a king. And I'm mature enough to realize, and I tell everybody, I ruined a perfect marriage because I didn't know how to be a husband. And so, but I think just because you get divorced, divorce does not equal venom. Divorce does not equal hate. We still have kids we got to raise together. And because she spoiled them so bad, it takes both of us to raise them. I know. Oh, yeah. Another show. <laughs> you know what? I know Cynthia's going to have to leave here in a minute, but I wanted to. Uh, uh, is that who? No, who texted me? Q, I'm going to have to leave shortly. Oh, okay, Q. Uh, all right, uh, no problem. Okay, so here, 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 I did not, just so everybody knows, I'm not a messy man. But just so everybody knows, <laughs> uh, Cynthia was my guest. Uh, Pastor E, I thought it was appropriate. He wanted to come on and share, and I wanted to do that. And just so y'all know, too, uh, from the very beginning, it was me and Tony, Eric, and Cynthia. We were like, we did like literally everything together. So when I think about divorce, uh, all right, Paul, ain't nobody talking to you. Uh, what, you should, I should have been on this one. Good, because you can be on it next week, Monique. I want you on next week because we're going to continue this conversation. I'm going to have you and Michelle because I want to address some of the stuff Michelle said. But uh, there was an impact to me and Tony when y'all got divorced. That there was a real impact because we literally did every single thing together. Yeah. Almost every day of our, and Charlotte, you are a witness to that. We were together. If you saw one of us, you typically saw all three of us. I mean, all four of us because we four literally. Rep, four, did, rep. Uh, four of us. I'm sorry, my number, my, my math, my math is bad. <laughs> you saw all four of us together, and so when y'all split up. That was like, what in the hell is going on? What is happening? 
right? Because uh, <laughs> Monique, you quit being uh, 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 right now in the machine. Uh, because y'all not being together affected how we did life together because we did life all together. And so there was some, there was some, I, I, if I'm honest, and I never even, I've never even talked about this out loud, to be honest, but I think there was some anger and Eric, it was mostly towards you. Yeah. Hello. Uh, I think he's having, uh, oh, his. And not only y'all, Roy, even our kids, because you know, yeah. our kids grew up together. Grew up together. They yeah. did everything together, right? And so this idea that um, uh, this idea that all of that was changing was like I didn't do nothing. Right. right? All of this was like I didn't do nothing. Tony didn't do nothing. Why are we suffering? Because they have to get a divorce. And and uh, Eric, I don't know if you heard me say this, uh, but my I was I was mad at you. Did you hear me? <laughs> huh? No, I didn't yeah. know if you were back and you could hear me. Uh, because you yeah, changed my to, my wife and I. We got married. Uh, I, I think I was 21 or 22. Let's see, how old am I now? I'm 50. We've been married 28 years. I was 22. No, this would be 29. So I was 21 um, uh, when we got married. And no, I was 22. My birthday's in tomorrow. Never mind. Anyway, I was 22. And so I was young. We were young. We were all hanging out. And I was like, the friend that I did everything with, now, you know, it's all gone. So I, I didn't realize it until even just kind of talking about it now. Um, I think I was mad at you, Eric. Uh-huh. I think, I think you probably, you probably have good reason to be. <laughs> Honestly. But I think what happens is uh, what we're always I'm always uh, taught and preached or whatever is a word called accountability. Now, I never taught it until I learned what it was. Until I learned to uh, I had to learn how to take account of accountability for my part in our overall uh, divorce, in our overall relationship. But at the same time, um, I think what happens when you take accountability and then and then you grow. I, I think everybody should learn from any pain that they go through, right? So I think what happens is when people don't grow from a divorce, what they do is naturally we start blaming the other one. It's taking accountability. So when you don't take a step accountability, you're no good to the new relationship. When you're not accountable for what you did in the past, you're no you take you take that same person who you are. And you're the new and then you end up being, having the same issues that you had the same relation, the old relationship. Yeah. So I never, and I, and also, I guess it's important. I never, I quit guilting myself over not being the best husband. I quit, I quit living with that because as long as I guilt myself, 
I wasn't opening up my story. I had other relationship with her outside of marriage, right? Either it's marriage or this. Not knowing how much that we would still need each other as maybe as as co parents, need each other as friends. And so, like I said, like I I literally, literally like have no you know, she deserves to be having bad season because um, once again, I think she finally married her king. And so I, you know, I grew from I was I grew from my mistake. I grew from marriage. I grew from divorce. Okay, so so Chosetta, uh, um, Pastor uh, E and and uh, and has described kind of their relationship now as one where they are the best friends. They talk regularly. They have. Uh, you, you know, meaningful, productive conversations, things that essentially I don't think were successful for them while they were married. Uh, are you in any regular communication with your ex-husband? Oh, yeah. Um, he, uh, we're, we're, uh, it took about, it took some years, like I said, you know, and then uh, he actually called one day and we, we had a really good conversation. <clears throat> it started out about our daughter, but then it ended up into uh, the conversation about uh, our, our past and us and he apologized and he gave me the answers like and, and what was interesting about it was he gave me the, this is how I knew that God had moved on his heart and he was at a different place for real for real he answered all of the questions that I asked God and myself about the relationship without me having to say well, do you remember this? And do you remember that time? And why? And I can't, you know, what happened? I didn't, I didn't ask anything. He just started talking and he apologized and we're, we're good. We're in a good place. We, we, uh, if we need, you know, uh, Taylor's actually with him. Um, so when we talk, you know, it's, it's cordial, it's respectful, it's kind. Um, I know that I, that I wish him the best and I believe that he wishes me the best. All right. Uh and because I, I think that that's important too, because I think that also kind of demonstrate demonstrates that you've grown, that you've moved on, that you have, um, in, in the words of uh, Nicole, uh, that you you've allowed yourself to experience some forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly don't think that uh, Eric and Cynthia would be communicating. You and your husband, ex-husband, would be communicating <laughs> if there was not a level of forgiveness that had taken place, and so. Cynthia, I want to ask you this question. We have about uh, uh, five minutes left, and and I'm serious. Uh, uh, Monique and and Michelle, I want y'all on next week because I really want to address some of the statements that Michelle made. I know we just don't have the time to do it tonight, but uh, but Cynthia, I wanted to ask you when you finally healed from the broken relationship, um, and you got into the new relationship, did you realize, yes, maybe I am in fact healed or did you find yourself um, bringing over the same, the insecurities that were built in your previous relationship to Eric, did that filter over, any of that filter over into your new relationship? And I want each, all three of you guys to answer that question too, but I'll start with you, Cindy. Um, no. I um I didn't really go into because I did take a time of just me getting to know me and allowing God to work on me. 
So by the time me and Tony had got together, I was I was good. I was like, okay, I'm not insecure. I'm not, you know, oh, he looking at another woman, that type of thing. He know, you know, we could be in the grocery store. Some woman hit on him. He's like, hey, you know, I'm married. My wife is a little crazy. So you might want to move around, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I uh, no, I don't really think I took anything into our, our marriage, like like any carried any baggage because I had already laid it out on the altar. I had already kind of went past that stage. Um, I think I went through it, uh, you know, being watchful or and you know, okay, is he demonstrating any of the things that I just left or you know that I just moved away from? I don't. I don't think our relationship was has been built on that type of level. We and because I'm mature now in God, and He's mature in God, and um, we're pretty we're pretty secure in our relationship. I don't feel like I took any of that baggage into that, which is a good thing because when you carry it over into another relationship, it makes it a lot harder. It makes your relationship with that individual a lot harder to build. You know because you're always reminding yourself of the past. So I tend to, you know, kind of forget the past. We even have conversations. I tell him different stories. He tell me different stories. And now it's comical because when I first moved to Arizona and I used to talk to Eric on the phone, he would be, you know, I get under his skin, he get mad and he's, I gotta go to a meeting. I gotta go to a meeting. You know, he had to try to hurry up and get out the phone. So now when I'm irritating Tony, he said, I gotta go to a meeting. I gotta go to a meeting. <laughs> like, oh, now you got a meeting. So, no, I think you know once you heal and you find your yourself, number one, because some people would be like, "Well, let me get another dude just to get over somebody else." No, just get through you. I mean, get through it, go through it. Don't stay in it too long, and keep moving. All right, Charlotte. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're married again yet or or, or not. Um, but did you bring any of the baggage from your old relationship into your new relationship, Tosa? No, I don't. I um, I believe that I I did. I took I I intentionally took steps to make sure that I processed my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts, and actually just the experience, like what actually just happened. What did I just go through? How did it affect me? And I, um, I, I did go to have counseling um, to help work through those processes and through those steps. And I, again, I was just try, I tried to be really real with myself about what was going on and what I felt. And, and one of my things, I, I really wanted to move forward. I really did not want to have any weight. And I told you, I had someone that, you know, that I could picture and visualize that I did not want to be like. So that I, I uh, I feel like I took the necessary steps not to intentionally not bring extra or baggage. It just into not just into my next relationship, but just in moving forward. There were things that I wanted to do, and and I knew I couldn't have a hard heart or a bitter heart to do those things. So. <laughs> All right, Pastor E, did you have any lingering baggage or whatever from your uh, relationship? With Cynthia, that you took into uh, a, a new relationship, did you did you drag anything in there? 
Actually, I've been thinking about it, and I don't, I don't think so because I was kind of like a whole different person by that point. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, okay. May I, I don't. I can't recall. I can't recall. I don't know because my whole lifestyle changed after my counseling, which was so far removed from her. Okay. Well, guys, let me say thank you again for coming on, being uh, open and uh, truthful and vulnerable and having this conversation. This has been amazing. Uh, everybody, we're going to do part two of this next week. Um, Michelle, I need both you and Monique to inbox me your email addresses so that I can connect and communicate with you guys. But I want to share one thing before everybody leaves. I want you to please go check out IamRoyBright.com. IamRoyBright.com. Go check out uh, the website. And I'm going to tell you why. Because uh, uh, we have launched a, um, a brand of clothes. We have some, uh, at, uh, uh, some shirts and some hoodies, some masks. I got onesies for kids uh, that have different kinds of sayings and, and things that I was inspired by God to uh, to put out so that people can uh, wear. Please go and check out, uh, everybody, go and check out I Am Roy Bright. Look at the store. Just get get a mask, get a t-shirt, get something. Uh, I, I know that you're going to be inspired by what you see. I am RoyBright.com. I see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great, great, great rest of your week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.